0: Today, we're talking about investing, where to put your money, what to invest in. As a financial advisor, we get asked the question a lot as to what's good to invest in at the moment, or where should I put my funds? The answer is that there is no one answer, in that everybody's situation and goals are completely different, and these need to really be taken into account when looking at where to invest. Today, I wanted to touch on some of the ways that you can invest your money, and discuss some of the advantages and disadvantages of these options. Starting off, I wanted to have a bit of a chat about cash. So cash is probably, one can argue, the safest of all the different investments. You essentially put X amount in a bank account, and you'd assume, or you'd hope, that it's going to be exactly the same level when you come back to it later. Cash is probably one of the most common places to put money when you have it, but at the same time, it does have its shortfalls one of the biggest shortfalls of them all is inflation. Inflation is essentially the fact that a dollar 20 years ago was worth a lot more than what it is today. And the average annual rate of inflation that we work off in our industry, and essentially this is based off statistics from the Australian Bureau of Statistics, is 2.5%. Best way to think about it is $100 at a restaurant 10 years ago got you a lot more than what it does today. And as time passes, even though a person may have have the same level of cash in a bank account, the value of that money is reducing. So essentially $100,000 today is most likely not going to buy you as much in 10, 20, or 30 years. So that's probably the one the biggest disadvantage of cash. Um, it's essentially the opportunity cost, uh, the, the fact that it's losing its value over time. The second type of investment that many are aware of is fixed interest, term deposits and fixed interest is known as fixed income and these normally have a set period be it five years for example where money gets put into a particular account or a particular place and there is a predictable level of income that's received from that structure and the advantages is i guess the certainty knowing that if i put x amount somewhere i'm going to be receiving x amount back over a period of time the disadvantage is the fact that with the certainty, normally comes a lower, it normally comes with a lower level of return, especially in today's climate. You know interest rates at the moment are the lowest in history in Australia. And with that fixed interest, term deposits are not as popular as they, for example, were about ten years ago. The other side is shares. So shares, also known as equities or stocks, Uh, essentially you buying a piece of a company, making you a shareholder. Most people would know of big companies out there that are on the Australian Stock Exchange. And the way it works is you would buy a share at a particular point of time. And as that company grows in value, the value of the investment also increases. And in some cases, you'll receive a portion of that company's profits paid to you in dividends. Um, Sometimes you may not if the share price falls, the value of your investment also falls. And I guess the the disadvantage of shares, the, the first main one is the fact that, and not just shares, but a few of the other investments I'm about to mention, is if you're not very experienced in investing, you really would have no idea as to, you know, it, you essentially can't see it. You know, it's it's um it's not a physical object. It's not something that you can touch and feel. So to a lot of people, the the idea of investing into shares is quite scary because they're putting money into something they can't physically touch and feel. The other thing is when the share price falls, the value of your investment will also fall as well. And essentially you need to decide as to when that share is bought or sold. So that decision's on yourself. And this is probably the classic way of buying shares. This is probably the way that most people know about. Um, You know, for example, having $10,000 and putting a couple of grand in this share, a couple of grand in that one, a couple of grand in this company, and having a portfolio that grows. And them or their stockbroker would essentially decide as to when shares are bought and sold. The fourth type of investment that I wanted to touch on is managed funds. So managed funds also called a managed portfolio, is where your money is pooled with other investors on, behi- on on your behalf by a fund manager. And this fund manager would essentially focus on sometimes one asset class. So it could be just Australian shares um, or it can be a diversified managed fund. And that could include a mix of cash, shares, property. And one of the benefits of pooling your assets um, in this way is that it gives you the ability to sort of... You know, to gain access to investments and a level of diversification that you wouldn't normally get. For example, if you had $10,000 to invest in shares, you're very limited with the number of companies that that $10,000 can be in. Whereas having it in managed funds, because it's pooled with other investors, you can have potentially that money invested into hundreds if not thousands of shares. Because... because it's being pulled and it gives you that level of diversification so that's probably one of the main benefits of managed funds the other big one is that you wouldn't decide as to when things are bought and sold because there's a fund manager that's doing that on your behalf now a fund manager does charge you a fee and there is a percentage of your investments that you would normally pay to that fund manager for managing the money but essentially it's taking that responsibility out of your hands And the way it works in managed funds is the amount of money that you invest is equal to a number of units, and any growth or earnings are divided among all investors, depending on how many units each investor owns. Income generated from these earnings is also subject to tax based on the individual and their actual tax rate, if the managed funds are held personally under your name one thing to keep in mind is even though there's a fund manager managing those investments the returns are still connected to movements in the market and you need to really keep in mind that putting your money into a managed fund doesn't necessarily guarantee you a positive investment return and again just like shares your money is essentially somewhere where you can't physically touch and feel it however With most managed funds, depending on the platform that you invest in, and this is where it's important to obviously seek the advice of a financial advisor, different platforms give you the ability to see different things when you log in online, for example, and look at your account to see where things are invested, what that managed fund, what the movements of that managed fund are, and sometimes you can even see the decisions of the fund managers and why they decided to sell certain parts of the portfolio and focus on different areas. The other type of investment um, is an exchange traded fund, an ETF. Um, This is a type of managed fund as well, but the difference is that this can be bought and sold on an exchange such as the Australian Stock Exchange, which normally tracks a particular asset or market index. Um, ETFs are usually a passive investment option. And the majority of these investments, the way they work is they aim to track an index and not try to outperform it. And on that point, I just wanted to sort of explain to you the difference between passive and active investing. So passive investing is when you essentially track the market, as I just said. And if the market goes up, your investment goes up. And if the market goes down, it will normally do exactly, the, it will follow the same, the same process. The other type of investing is called active management. Active management is when a fund manager is trying to beat the market. So if the market performs at 10%, they might try to perform at 12%. So there's a lot more active management. The difference between the two, the main difference that many will see is that active management normally attracts a higher fee that you're paying that fund manager because of the extra work involved. Um, And again, talking to your financial advisor about what option you would prefer and what option you feel more comfortable with is very important because there literally is not just one answer. There is not a scenario which suits everybody. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a free 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au. The sixth is investment bonds. So like a managed fund, if you decide to put money into an investment or growth bond, which is also known as an insurance bond, your money will generally be pooled with money from other investors. Uh, With an asset manager, Um, overseeing the funds and making day-to-day decisions at the same time. This is a lot more of a hands-off approach and again, just like managed funds, you essentially don't have to make the decisions as to when something is bought and sold. The main point of difference with investment bonds is the way the earnings are taxed. So if an investment bond bond is held for at least 10 years, you actually won't have to pay additional tax on any profits that you've made when you eventually sell or redeem that investment because investment bonds are seen as a tax paid investment where earnings are taxed within the bond along the way at 30%. If you're paying more than 30% in income tax, an investment bond may be a tax effective structure to help you invest, but there are many other factors to take into account when looking at investment bonds. And this is, again, a discussion you need to really have with your financial advisor to see if it's appropriate to you because there are different products, there are different providers of these investment bonds, and they all have their advantages and disadvantages the seventh type of investment i wanted to touch on is annuities so annuities are a popular option for retirement and they provide a guaranteed income regardless of what's happening in financial markets now these can be as regular payments set over a number of um, or for the remainder of your life and these can get quite complicated as well depending on the type of product and also what the tax situation is like at that time or the way the government is setting the rules around annuities. And again, it's something that somebody would need to talk to their financial advisor to see if it's appropriate and how it works in their overall strategy. The eighth type of investment I wanted to talk about is real estate investment trusts. So a real estate investment trusts is a type of property fund that's listed on a public market, such as the Australian Stock Exchange, where an investor can purchase a unit. And similar to a managed fund, your money's invested in a fund, and then it's pooled and invested in a range of different property assets, assets which can include commercial, retail, industrial, and other property sectors. Um, they can provide you with exposure to the property market in a way that's more diversified than just buying a single property. So, for example, if you were to purchase A property and invest in a property which again there is a very there's a a misconception out there that prop you can you can never lose money on property and that property always goes up and that can be debated because again it depends on the area depends on the time you buy depends on the price that you pay depends on how long you hold that property Um, it depends on whether there's some very serious opportunity cost like you could have your money sitting in a property for ten years that never increases in value, yet that money could have potentially been in a different investment that could have, that could have been making you a lot more. So, property. There are there are a lot of misconceptions out there when it comes to property, um, and from my experience, a lot of that comes from different generations. So, that, for example, baby boomers. You know, where baby boomers saw massive growths in property over their lifetime over their lifetime, and and to this day, a lot of baby boomers have made a decent amount of their wealth from property. The last 10 years, for example, have been very different to the last, you know, to the 10 years before that, um, as far as property is concerned, especially in Australia. So property does need to be approached in different ways. And if you were to buy, for example, a single property, you essentially have your money invested into a single asset class and a single asset, which is that house. Um, A real estate investment trust Is essentially just like a managed fund as I said pulled into you know it's pulled and invested into a a range of different types of assets and it can't be for example it may not just be a residential house it could be commercial um, industrial it could be a pool of different types of property assets so and again one needs to really talk to their financial advisor about these types of investments because sometimes to be honest with you most of the time there isn't just one asset that somebody should be invested in an advisor normally would recommend a pretty decent level of diversification depending on how much somebody has to invest depending on their life stage you know for example I'm going to recommend a 20 year old invests their money completely different to a 70 year old Um, I'm going to recommend somebody that has $5,000 in super or $5,000 in money to invest to invest their money completely different to somebody that has a million dollars so there are so many different things that come into account but essentially diverse diversification um, not having all your eggs in one basket is one of the main rules of thumb when it comes to investing the tenth type of investing that i wanted to talk about sorry the ninth the last one is gold so gold is a precious metal um, it's a commodity since the beginning of time gold has been the commodity that has been generally traded by most countries and most cultures. For this reason gold is normally seen as a bit of a safe haven by most people and it is generally a type of investment that over time um, has gone up you know in the long term it, it has increased in value. There are some advantages to gold such as the fact that you know it has been a commodity that's been traded for centuries Um, since the beginning of time, essentially, or history as we know it. And the other advantage is that it is something normally physical that you can see. So if you you buy, for example, a bar of gold, it's something that you can store. It's something that you can physically touch. The disadvantage of gold um, is essentially the fact that storing physical gold is not that simple. So, you know, you could literally just put it in your kitchen cupboard if you wanted to, but there's a chance it might get lost or stolen you can dig a hole in your backyard and bury it five meters underground but again it might get lost or stolen you could put it in a safe but if the house burns down there's a chance you may not be able to find your gold so physical gold has its disadvantages on that side of things the other part as well is if you wanted to if you had a gold bar for example and you needed to you know if you needed to. Sell off part of it. It's not that. It's not that easy. Um, in fact, I think it's even impossible in some cases. You know, unless you physically cut the piece of gold in half or cut off a little, you know, a tenth of it and sold it to someone. Um, it's it's not. You'd essentially have to sell the whole bar. The other way of investing gold, investing into gold, is through is by buying derivatives, um, gold receipts, gold exchange traded funds, and gold mining stocks. So investing into investments where you don't physically, you can't physically touch and feel the gold, but it's it's somewhere, you know, it's it's there, and the the value of these investments normally track the price of gold um, quite closely, if not to, to the T. And there's there is not there isn't the need to invest, sorry, to to store the gold anywhere, and if you wanted to sell down a little bit of the investments, you can. Another dis in the, in the last disadvantages with gold is unlike, for example, having money in shares, you don't receive an income. So you, you can't receive dividends from gold. Essentially, it's you, you're you're buying it um, with the hope that the value will either maintain itself or increase over time. And there are risks of buying gold, um, such as the time that you buy it. You know you can't just assume, just like property, you can't just assume any time you buy gold, it's just going to increase in value. If you look at gold over the la- even the last. Ten years 15 years um, it's it's had its you know it's had its ups and downs so just like any investment it needs to be approached with caution um, and it needs one needs to really consider what their goals are what they're hoping to achieve from their investments and whether their investments are going to help them achieve their goals so and this is where the discussion with a financial advisor really really is critical because Too many times do we see people, especially for the first time, where they've sort of done it themselves, um, haven't done too much of a bad job, but at the same time, there's been no strategy around how their money's been invested. I see this a lot with property, where somebody buys a property just for the sake of it. Um, They have no goal. They have no, you know, they essentially don't, they bought it to eventually make some money someday, but that's about it. And they find themselves sometimes in a situation where all their savings are stuck in a property, which... They probably can't sell at the moment because it's not a good time to sell. They don't know how long they wanna hold it for and they're just sort of hoping it's going to go up in value. And also they've most likely bought in an area that they haven't researched. They've just literally bought in that particular area because it's probably the suburb they grew up in. So strategy, 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 goals, goals, goals. That's probably the biggest message that I want to send, send out today to you all. To have a reason as to why you're investing or have a goal or have, I guess, have a, have a reason that you're investing or, or know what, sort of have an idea as to where you're hoping these investments are going to take you because you really need to do your research um, and you really need to understand how much risk you're taking on as well, you know, and different assets have different risk profile, you know, have different risk levels. Many assume property is a safe investment, you know, They, they some will even say it's safer than gold, um, which obviously is debatable, you know, because as I said, property doesn't always increase in value. So I hope today has helped. Um, I really do want, you know, if if you have investments, uh, really talk to somebody, talk to your financial advisor about your current strategy or talk to a financial advisor, sorry, about your strategy. If you have one already, I'd hope they're doing their job and have it reviewed. Have a look at, see, you know, see whether it's doing what it should be doing. If you don't have any investments and you're thinking of investing, hopefully today has helped. Um, And as I said, the, the biggest message I want to send across is the fact that you need to really know what suits you best, know why you're doing what you're doing, and don't just do it for the sake of it so that you can invest, you can grow, and you can continue to make the right decisions for you and your family. Thanks for joining us on Sharing More Than The Sheets. Please make sure you subscribe to be updated with future episode releases. Please visit us at sharingmorethanthesheets.com.au to submit questions or requests for future podcast topics. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au.